Welcome to Talks at Stellenbosch Uni, Stellenbosch University's podcast where we talk about current topics and innovative research done at the university. Today I'll be talking with Professor Reggie Nell. He's the Dean of the Faculty of Theology. Prof Nell has a keen interest in the agency of young people in changing the world and promoting human rights through their religious commitments. Prof Reggie, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Stefan. Uh, thank you for the invitation and I'm looking forward to the discussion, the conversation. Prof, I'm going to jump in and start with a quote by Nelson Mandela, which says about human rights, it says, to deny people their human rights is to challenge their very humanity. Now, having said that, every year we highlight important societal issues on Human Rights Day. In your view, what would be the key issue on Human Rights Day in 2021 that mattered for South Africans and the world? Yes, that's a, that's an important quote, uh, Stefan. And um, if we talk about it now within the context of the COVID-19 pandemic, then I can imagine uh, some people would argue that, you know, your right uh, to, to life or your right to at least to this, these vaccines is important, uh, to safety. Um, one of the things that we have also obviously experienced during this uh, uh, pandemic uh, was the big inequalities, uh, you know, within societies. Um, even within the university, we've experienced it that some students, some of our students are able to deal with the challenges, are able to function quite, uh, you can almost say, uh, effectively and efficiently within, uh, you know, the, the this uh, remote uh, learning. But we've also realized that some of our students uh, others struggled um, because of the inequalities um, and difficulties to have access uh, to to data. So, so those are the kind of things that, uh, that you know that we've discovered that uh, I think are key issues today. Um, like I said, uh, you know, I believe that uh, part of our human rights is to have the right to have a safe uh, world that we're living, a safe working environment. Uh, but also part of, I think, our rights is also these days to have access to, to education, to have access to um, to data that enables us to participate uh, in economic life. And then, of course, lastly, perhaps uh, one of the highlights for me is uh, the the fact that um, you know a lot of people uh, lost their income, lost their jobs. So I I think uh, one of the key things is also that we need to have uh, you know the right to to earn an income. Um, and um, you know these are the kind of things that that I can refer to. Perhaps the last and I think um, crucial one. Uh, is is it relates to the the right to to safety uh, is also the the problem of uh, you know gender based violence the the right to to be protected um, and uh, you know these are the kind of issues that I think that is relevant for us today uh, these are the kind of issues that I think we should address. Um, in order to protect human rights. Um, and uh, I mean, the COVID pandemic, in a sense, highlighted it for us. Uh, so so um, those, those, those would be the kind of issues that, that comes to mind. And of course, those are very important issues. And 
you yourself, having moved in religious circles for, I'm not going to say how many years, how do you think faith-based communities can help promote human rights? Yeah, you know, sometimes faith-based communities have been accused of not promoting human rights. Uh, sometimes in some quarters there's been this idea that uh, we shouldn't speak about human rights because it, it's a form of humanism. But I think it's important that we affirm that when we uh, confess that people are made in the image of God, uh, then we have to also say that because of this God image, Therefore, we need to protect that God image or that uh, the Latin word often is um, referred to as imago Dei. We have to protect the image of God in, in each other. And I think that's the starting point when it comes to religious communities, affirming that we are all created in the image of God, affirming our, um, as, as co-humans, as humans, we, uh, we have dignity, uh, we have value, and we have rights. Uh, and then on a second level related to that and flowing out of that, we need to affirm the dignity of you know us in terms of our different genders, uh, male and female. We have to affirm the dignity of people who uh, express themselves in different ways, perhaps um, you know difference in sexual orientation. Uh, we have to affirm and protect um, each other's dignities. And then of course we also need to say that, um, because we are created in the image of God, uh, people who might not be uh, wealthy also have, have rights. People who are not wealthy also um, uh, are, are to be treated you know, with, with the dignity and the rights that they deserve in terms of earning an income, in terms of protection, uh, in terms of, like I said earlier, access to, to education and those, those are the kind of ways in which faith communities can, can play a role. And I mean, that could take the form of, um, could take the form of education, uh, that people know what their rights are. It could take uh, in the form of uh, religious communities lobbying for, you know, the protection of, of particular groups and categories of people. But of course, importantly, Stefan, is that as faith communities, we need to also hold ourselves accountable. Are we protecting uh, the dignity of, of, of people within our faith communities? Are we uh, protecting and advocating for the rights of women? Are we protecting the, and advocating for the rights of vulnerable people? Uh, or do we merely reflect uh, the kind of values that's that's out there in a society that doesn't necessarily um, protect the rights of all of, of all types of people. So we need to also hold ourselves accountable in how uh, we um, protect uh, our, ourselves, uh, our, the people in our communities, uh, but also how we treat people um, as as faith communities. Now, you've, you've mentioned it a bit in your answer now, but I mean, many times people think or accuse faith communities of actually trampling on human rights. Does that imply that we should simply abandon them and get mm. on with our lives? Now, that's an important question, you know, and, and we need to own up to the fact that as faith communities, we haven't always acknowledged the dignity of people 
um, I think the first thing as faith communities is that uh, we have to acknowledge and, and in a sense confess that yes, uh, in many ways we have failed vulnerable uh, people. Uh, we also have to acknowledge that yes, perhaps we might but not be seen anymore as, as a safe space. It, it happened in the, in the history, it still happens. Uh, but I do not think that we should, uh, because of that, abandon the role of faith communities in, in our societies. <clears throat> uh, I think we should um, rather challenge faith communities uh, to and, and lift faith communities up to, to our, our own standards. Um, yes, we, we need to be challenged. Um, not just from the members of faith communities, but also people from outside uh, to challenge us, uh, to um, also, um, you know, point out areas where we where we fail, um, point out areas where faith leaders and, and members of faith communities has not lived up uh, to, to our call. And uh, I think if that happens, then it will it will also um, transform faith communities, transform the culture of faith communities to be able to play the role that it that it can play. Um, <clears throat> it's it's uh, for me it's a matter of you know when um, when somebody is at fault you know go and address it uh, you know uh, like we say in Afrikaans spread it on. Um, and and if if we do that, I think then then we have um, uh, enabled a process where there could be transformation, a process where there could be, uh, you know, change which which leads to, you know, a safe environment. And and I think that should be our culture. Um, if we look back at the uh, the history of of Human Rights Day, it was it was in a context where. Um, People's rights were being trampled upon by a particular government that was also sustained by by faith communities. But in that space, back in the 1960s, faith communities again uh, came to the fore and say, um, you know, we own up to our role, but we also uh, want to take on you know, the government uh, that, um, you know, that is trampling on the rights of people. And because of that, uh, because of the role of faith communities, whether it be in the 60s or the 1970s, even the 1980s, I think that also played a role in the changing that, that took place in our country. I'm glad you mentioned the past. I read a column of one of our colleagues, Prof. Nico Koopman, in which he said, and I'm going to quote a, a piece that he wrote in the Daily Maverick. He said, human dignity is the foundational principle in our Bill of Rights. A life of dignity for all is characterized by healing for all, justice for all, freedom for all, and equality for all. This life of dignity can only take shape where we work hard to right all the wrongs of our past and present. We need to be working for restitution if we want dignity to materialize. Mm. Close quote. 
to advocate for human rights isn't always easy. I mean, it's it's difficult. Can you tell us about your story in this regard and why you think the agency and voice of young people from different faith communities is so important to make the world a better place? Yeah, uh, obviously, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of in, what is it, my 50s now. So I, I, I lived through the through the heady 70s and the 80s, of course, we were in high school and many times, uh, Stefan, because, uh, you know, as learners in the high school here in Stellenbosch, um, we, we had all these activities of boycotts and um, protests. Uh, many years, we sometimes were not in class and we had to face, uh, you know, the realities of an educational perhaps background or a, not a background, but a um, disadvantage. But even through those years, um, we are held on to the dream that, yes, things will change and that young people, we as young people at the time, we, we can make a change. Um, there were sacrifices, uh, but um, even in paying the price, um, you know, we said that we are, in a sense, sowing the seeds for generations to come. And um, we've seen that, uh, we still see that, where young people today still, uh, you know, walk uh, on the forefront uh, for change. We've seen it a few years ago with the, what was called as the Arab Spring, where in North Africa in particular, young people, students led the charge to, to change their societies. Um, we see it recently with, uh, what is her name, Thunberg, Lisa, uh, where um, she's, she's leading the charge with regard to climate change. Um, and a few years ago, of course, also the, the students who, who led the, at that time the FISMAS 4 campaigns, who were saying that, um, you know, we as young people, we as students, uh, we have a voice and we are building on previous generations to make a change in, in, in our lifetime. Now, of course, many of these campaigns were not always as successful as it might could have been. Uh, many times these, these campaigns, um, you know, fizzled out or, you know, there were also problems within these. And, and we could point out to all the different problems and mistakes that have been made. Uh, but we should also look at the hope that it engenders and the fact that, yes, um, it, it, it also uh, provided the opportunities for, you know, for new uh, possibilities, new living possibilities. Um, I remember, you know, in the 90s when, when we as youth movements uh, started to unite, you know, crossing borders between, uh, you know, organizations that were predominantly uh, made up of only one racial group and uniting to form, uh, you know, new movements with, with different racial groups. It was, it was tough. Um, but at the end of the day, we developed friendships that last until today. We develop institutions that transcend, you know, the divisions, and and therefore also provided hope for 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 the future. 
so it is possible and and i'm excited you know to see what what young people are still doing today you mentioned hope where do you see signs of hope amongst young people uh, as a future of our country of course to help make human rights a reality for all south africans i see the hope when uh, stefan when, when when young people like i said a few years ago to, took up the you know the battle and say look we want to um we want to fight for 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 um for access in education because we believe that education matters um i i see the hope today when when young people still you know as leaders um um, um you know come forward and and you know uh, 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 I want to use the word still fight and stand for 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 open access to to education um i see it when when young people you know in vulnerability stand for leadership you know whether it be within the university but also within society in in different churches uh also within communities and and i see it many times how young people in their vulnerability yet um you know fired up with idealism say you know we want to make a difference uh in in, in our communities um as i said earlier sometimes you know it's easy to 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 shoot holes in in all these efforts and to um you know this discourage them or sometimes we might find fault but i would rather hold on to the position that we should support them we should encourage them uh and i want to also say that you know as a older generation uh we should be there to to um you know sometimes even defend them uh when you know when things also do not uh, you know work out um uh, that's that's how we grew and that's how we learned the skills to uh to be who we are today uh, through our mistakes um through the times when we failed but uh we were also blessed to have adults who would guide us who would sometimes uh yes uh maybe uh, give us advice but sometimes also had to defend uh you know us so that we are able uh to make a difference in this world and i think that that's what our young people these days are doing and i think that's also the role that that we can play as as adults now yeah with that glimmer of hope prof reggie it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you thank you very much for joining us and all of the best thank you stefan and it was also uh, uh, i enjoyed working and 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 speaking to you thank you for listening to this podcast Follow all the latest Stellenbosch University news at www.sun.ac.za or follow us on all the largest social media platforms.